What's up, everyone? This is Press X to Start Podcast, Season 5, Episode 27. Press X to Start Podcast is an audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. Restorative justice for the underrepresented programmers, developers, and consumers. And that can't be more accurate today. Yeah. I am your horse. I am your horse. I am your horse, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy bad choices, aka. Did you know men are trash? Cool. Yeah, that's it. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's your boy Jordan, aka JXBot, aka the UFC 294 bantamweight champion. Oh. You'll find out how I got that title later. Oh, quarantine had my man training. <laughs> <laughs> Box it out. <laughs> Last up. Uh, yeah, this is Avery Williams. Just trying to get through this day. Mm, mm. That's as much as I can say right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, with that being said, I guess we'll do housekeeping and then. So for this podcast, it's going to be a little different. Normally, we do the what we've been playing, quick hits into heavy hitters, but this time we're just going to go straight to heavy hitters and do quick hits, and then what we've been playing because the heavy hitter is really big. And really important. Um, but before that, housekeeping. Uh, again, as I say all the time, we have a charity drive going at pressxnumber2start.com slash Palestine. Uh, after you go to that and donate, you can check out our Loki Ramble, which is available as a podcast and on YouTube. So make sure you do both of those things, please. Now, with that being said, let's jump into our heavy hitter. And if you have not heard or seen anything about this or just haven't seen anything in the sky, Activision and Blizzard are being sued over frat boy culture, uh, harassment and other stuff. Actually, just those two things. Uh, this was broken by Jason Schreier on um, Bloomberg, but we're just going to pull some excerpts from IGN. Essentially, it's just covering the, the article. So this suit filed Tuesday in Los Angeles Supreme Court says Activision Blizzard, which is made up of about 20% women, assigns women and women of color to lower paid and lower opportunity levels with lower starting pay for similar work as their male counterparts. The document also accuses Activision Blizzard of fostering a pervasive frat boy workplace culture in the office. Male employees are said to drink copious amounts of alcohol as they make their way through cubicles and often engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees. Scum. <sighs> Male employees are said to come to work hungover, play games during work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engage in banter about sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and joke about rape. Jesus. Uh, the lawsuit also cites one particular incident where a female employee who was already subjected to intense sexual harassment at the company, committed suicide during a work trip with a male supervisor who allegedly brought inappropriate sexual items with him on the trip. The lawsuit is asking for an injunction which will force Activision Blizzard to comply with workplace protections as well as deliver unpaid wages, pay adjustment, back pay, and lost wages and benefits for female employees. So that's just the start of this. Um, Activision Blizzard replied and was basically just saying how um, a lot of this is the old Blizzard and the new Blizzard. We, we updated our code of conduct and um, they found it disgraceful. I think, I think it was disgraceful, the word they used, that um, the... They had the Blizzard. What? I, I believe... It's weird. There were two statements from the, well, technically three, but two are only official statements released by the company, one by the current head of Blizzard, and then mm -hmm. one by a female internal vice president or something of development. I could be getting her title wrong, but I don't think it really matters in regards. All you need to know is she's very high up in the company. Yeah. The, uh, the current head of Blizzard pretty much said, like, oh, man, everything that's happening sucks. Uh, I'm sorry that I failed everyone, yada, yada, and just a bunch of corporate platitudes, which especially don't work in concert with things that we know about, especially him and his past with Blizzard. So it's a very empty promise that only works in the context of this, if there's actual change going forward. At the yeah. same time, there's an internal memo from a woman high up in Blizzard saying, all this stuff is bullshit. 
all of this is taken out of proportion. All of this is old news. None of this represents currently Blizzard. Uh, I'm in here as a woman in this company, and I don't believe in any of the stuff that's going on right now. Right. Something to that extent. If I don't have the exact words correct, I apologize. I'm going based off my memory of the events. And frankly, they both paint a very interesting picture of Blizzard. Activation Blizzard. Mm-hmm. That pretty much tells me that A, this is a true thing, and B, unless there is a financial backlash to Blizzard, they're not going to really change at all for this. This is Activision. There's no reason for them to change. Yeah. There was another portion, DJ, that you didn't um, reference was black women at Blizzard are being evaluated differently than their white counterparts, to which they have a different type of, you know, end of the quarter evaluation process, which does lead to inequitable outcomes for mm-hmm. them. So that's another thing that black women had encountered within, um, within this organization. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did hear that, but then just pulling from IGN, like that's not even, it's not even mentioned in, in their article, which is kind of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing that's not mentioned in their article is the, I forget the person's name, but um, it's, it's, he was one of the top like quest designers or something from World of Warcraft. And he basically has done so much sexual harassment that they've nicknamed his office the Cosby or the Crosby suite or something like that. Very disgusting. Like, man, this is all just bullshit. This is just just wild and just ridiculous that I think that can happen within organizations beyond this culture of predatory behavior is having a compliant HR department. Absolutely. As an organization as large as Blizzard has, you know, funding for adequate HR uh, services and like in like as uh, human resources, and what their main job is is to ensure a safe workplace, either by employee training or education on you know proper conduct. Mm-hmm. But clearly, individuals of HR are either muzzled or in disincentivize for following up with these allegations. So now you have, this is one of the first times an actual government entity. Um, Wait, before you move from that about HR, um, I believe, because the actual lawsuit is like 29 pages long and it's all like scanned text. So you can't even search it by like, like words. But um, I believe uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to that was covering this too, they mentioned how um, one of the employees was talking about like how, yeah, like even if we were to talk to HR, that that didn't really amount to much because HR was just also a part of that culture. So it was mm-hmm. just a complicit. Just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like they were just kind of enablers. Not kind of. They were enablers. This is one of the first times the government, well, in, in the history of gaming. Um, one of the first times a government entity stepped in yeah. for a lawsuit. For the most part, it's been civil, mm-hmm. um, to which they are, you know, sorted outside of a, you know, actual judicial court. Um, I think Hot Coffee was an instance oh, yeah. where a government entity had sued a company. Um, but yeah, this is a high watermark in the history of gaming, where the government has to step in and uh, police an industry. Yeah. It happens, and when it does, everyone's on notice. This feels a lot like a, a Gamergate situation, uh, but we are now post-Me Too, to which a lot of changes are going to have to happen. Yeah, Everyone is more attentive towards situations like this now versus back in Gamergate where it was just like, oh, that's really messed up, but it, it just didn't have enough... I guess, I hate to use the word, but people weren't quote-unquote woke enough at that time. Yeah. And Gamergate also had the juice of we are still in a pre-quote-unquote woke Mm -hmm. era where there's enough people and you're allowed to get away with those views and not feel any repercussions. And then we slowly develop into a society that pushes back against that, policing those elements as anything but problematic Mm -hmm. to the point where we got a president who all but represents the end goals of what Gamergate ultimately exemplifies. I agree with everything Jordan's saying. I've never had, well, that's not true. Activism Blizzard is a weird company for me 
I've always considered them two companies, even though they're technically one big company. Yeah. Uh, I've never given a shit about anything Activision has put out. I play Call of Duties every once in a while, but I only play the single player, and that's like me playing it for like two to three days and then never touching it again. Uh, Sekiro was the last fucking uh, Activision game I bought, but that's like all they did was publish that game. They didn't really have anything. That was all from. Mm-hmm. They just gave from the publishing rights for that which I don't even know the detail of that. I've always cared about the Blizzard standpoint of this. So in my head, I've always said Activision bad, Blizzard good, in my head. And then when I read the details, and this is like, no, this is not even Activision. Activision has its own problems, but this is mostly like internal Blizzard bullshit coming to the surface. I cannot in good conscience right now, and going forward until there's actual major uh, recognizable change in this organization, Put any money down for an Activision and or Blizzard game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like this, I, I, I really hope there is movement and there is a big push to just not support the next quality game and whatever with Overwatch two because, like, I don't, we don't even know when Overwatch two is coming out. But uh, like, yeah, we don't know when Call of Duty is coming out. It hasn't been announced yet. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. That's this is just. There's no way anyone should be able to look at this and think okay well you know it's not all bad it's all fucking bad it's all bad there are a lot of women streamers uh in warzone yes i wonder if there's going to be uh in consorted effort well on that's that that's something i thought wait, 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 real, real quick real quick before we go down this i wanted to bring up the whole crosby suite thing i actually found a, a blurb about it so uh this comes from the verge um the person, uh, it's Alex, ah, uh, fuck his last name, I don't know, whatever. The former senior creative director of World of Warcraft at Blizzard Entertainment was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions during a company event, an annual convention at BlizzCon, or basically BlizzCon. Um, Alex would hit on female employees, tell them he wanted to marry them, attempt to kiss them, and putting his arms around them. Uh, this was in plain view of other male employees, including supervisors, who would just intervene and pull him off female employees. Alex was also known to engage in harassment of females that his suite nicknamed the Crosby Suite, after alleged rapist Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's a predator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. he was allowed to retain his job. Yeah, he was enabled. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just, that's just all fucked. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, in regards to... Because I pay attention to a lot of the Twitch scene, there is large communities of World of Warcraft streamers and Warzone Call of Duty streamers in particular. Mm-hmm. And this is a difficult thing to, how would I say this, traverse, especially if your main source of income for your life is, is playing a yeah, specific game. If it's tied game. to money, it's hard to pull away from it. Mm-hmm. As we are in a place of privilege where at no point of our lives is tied to any of these companies, fundamentally, outside of minor enjoyment, cutting them out of our lives won't affect us in any way, shape, or form. But for people who, but for Twitch streamers in general, this is, this is me talking. Don't go to them and tell them, hey, do X, Y, and Z. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, no, I, I, t- I totally get that because it is a different task for them because yes. they can't necessarily do that and be financially if secure streamer, yeah <laughs> right if that streamer is smart if that streamer wants to be part of the like solution they will do things like the organized mass protest in world of warcraft yeah like, that's something that like if you like my big thing is these companies aren't going to change unless their bottom line is wrong if you're playing world of warcraft casually and you just see half the server in one place sitting down doing nothing you're suddenly going to wonder what's what the hell on? is going yeah. on in this game and maybe you'll find out what's going on if you're like uh, Asmogold is a one of the bigger uh, World of Warcraft streamers, he I think he's pretty much put out a statement how it feels about this subject. Remind your uh, thousand people chat every time they show up, like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about the matter. This is what I'm doing to support this. Like, there are things you can do. I'm talking specifically for them. Mm-hmm. There are things they can do to be a part of the solution while still maintaining their livelihood. But for the rest of us. As I said earlier, I don't think you should willfully give them any money yeah. until this shit is handled. Absolutely. At all. And my big fear is that. Call of Duty, especially Warzone, is such a big game, and this is me, and this is my personal opinion, has probably the most toxically casual audience mm. that will they care about this? Will this affect them in any way, shape, or form? And if it doesn't, 
then we get to the problem where it's not going to change. The worst question is, mm-hmm. will shit like this embolden them to be like, oh yeah, okay, that that that's funny, like, because you know that there's a certain demographic of people who is just like feeds off of this yeah. shit, and it's yeah. just, it's so frustrating. But um, real quick before we jump, uh, just to put a pin on the whole World of Warcraft stuff, so. Uh, this I just pulled this real quick. This is from Polygon. Uh, why World of Warcraft players are protesting developer Blizzard in game? So the protest was organized by Fence Macabre. I'm definitely not pronouncing that right. Uh, a role-playing guild that runs uh, faction-neutral stories on the Warmrest Accord and Moonguard servers. In addition, the group is running a fundraising campaign for the charity Black Girls Code a nonprofit organization dedicated to teaching girls ages 7 through 17 about computer programming and digital technology, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, so continue. Yeah, uh, one of the most horrifying aspects of this is that as big as this is, it is emblematic of an issue that is industry-wide. This is the yes, maybe third absolutely. in the last year, year and a half that we heard within a major company in this culture that has probably been set in since when video games was an old boys club and never changed Mm -hmm. even though it's evolved and gotten more diverse and no one's ever taken the time to address i know a lot of prominent women i follow on the video game industry have shared stories like this and they've all pretty much said hey this is what's going on in major companies right now in all major companies and it's not being dealt with in any way shape or form and it's this is one of those moments where it's like there's a period of time where we were trying to reclaim what an idea of a gamer was, but we weren't going to let people like Gamergate and those things define what we were. But moments like this are one of those punches in the gut. We're like, nah, man, mm-hmm. this is what we were. This That's exactly this is yep. what we always yep. were. Yeah. You, can, you can take a pin in this and do a straight line to what people thought, how far we progressed in America before Trump got into office. And then during his term, people were like, Oh my God, racism is still a thing. Like this is this is great. There's so many people who think this. Way. It's like, yeah, this is <laughs> surprise, <laughs> like, man. Like, yeah, this is all just. Again, I just keep saying it because, like, I, I just it's one of those things where I'm not surprised by this because we. Okay, so I think I, I don't know if Riot was the first shoe to drop, but it's one of those things where Riot you know, was the first shoe to drop. Was it okay? Yeah, it was the first major studio that we started here in the port title. Right. Okay. So yeah, when when that stuff happened in Riot, it was very much so like, I don't feel like this is a, I I, I don't feel like this is an outlier to the industry as a whole because like, well, I think before that we did get reports from like different um, women in the industry during the whole Me Too movement, like coming yes. out and saying stuff, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, this is probably gonna get bad and. Surprise, it definitely got worse. And I feel like, again, it's one of those things, this definitely is not the last. This is, there, yeah. There's definitely more coming. And it's just, it's just all bad. Uh, well, all bad. In, in that regard, to more coming. Like, this is a side story that I'm not really going to address as all, but it's also changed my feelings on another company. Uh, at the same time that this story dropped, another story dropped about Skull and Bones. And one of the core reasons that game is taking eight years to come out and it's still in development hell. And uh, it also exemplifies uh, the problem that Ubisoft had last year. Kind of swept under the rug, addressed that they were changing, even though they didn't do the work that we wanted them to do. But they quote unquote changed everything. Yada, yada. But like the parties responsible for some of the problems at Ubisoft in regards to that games, all they did was get moved away. They didn't mm-hmm. get dealt with. They got moved away. Yeah. They got yeah. dealt like like a Catholic priest who deals shit kids. Let's just remove them from the problem, just not deal with it instead of dealing with the problem itself. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, as much as I fucking love Ubisoft games and how for a period of time they were my favorite publisher, like, I can't in good conscience also put money down to play their games when they frankly haven't learned from their past mistakes at all. Right. Yeah. Man, like. Divestment. That's uh, what Avery's highlighting. It's a new, new concept that organized protests can be you know and as we get closer and closer to the fall and we see our overwatch updates we see you know possibly a call of duty and Mm -hmm. you know the slated far cry 6 to come out we'll see how many you know gamers follow suit and you know vote with their money 
you know, yeah, like, well, or or yeah. at least get or at least get the games at a reduced cost, you know, like wait until later. Well, that's my game plan with Far Cry. Like, yeah. I'm I'm too invested in that game to not want to play it. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to see Grand Moff Gideon take over <laughs> the country. My game plan with that game is I'm going to GameStop and I'm buying that game from GameStop used. True. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. day two, like I'm that's that's what I'm doing. Ubisoft will get none of that money. I'll be able to enjoy that game and at least be able to vocalize my support for the work those developers did. Yeah. Without without having to do that. But for everything else after that, I'm like persona non grata. There's nothing they can do, frankly, without addressing these problems to appease me personally. Right. Like the the hard part for me, it's like as it is right now, I am very much so in the camp of like I'm probably not gonna touch Call of Duty until I see them do or you know, I see them like have action in, in a right. positive way. But like at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, reading the suit, it says like the women in this studio basically was doing double duty. Like they were yeah. doing mm-hmm. the work of the men. So it's just like man. You get to that. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I'm sorry interrupting. We get to that point where remember when we were having these quantum dream conversations ages ago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where like we were talking about how do we deal with that studio based on everything we know about that now. Yeah. And like you get to that hard place where like all the shit that went goes on doesn't negate the work that went down. And especially right. when you hear the the breakdown of this news where because the men in this studio were essentially not doing any work and the work is being forced on women, the quality of success of the game is more on them than anything else. It just hit me. I wonder if part of this was uh, what happened with the last Call of Duty game, why they had to pull in another studio to help them like finish the game. Because this investigation was, uh, was going on for two years. There was another studio working with Treyarch to do uh, Cold War? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like Cold War was not like uh No When did Black Ops 4 come out? Uh Black Ops 4 came out like back in 2016 maybe. No, Black Ops 4 is a game before Cold War. Right. I said And that was a game where they had to bring in the, they, the, the that team had to come in and do that game because the team I think the Cold War team oh, okay, okay. wasn't ready for their game to come out. I think I think Sledgehammer had to help Treyarch to get the Treyarch game out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's, yeah, Black Ops 4 that's came out in what? 2018. 2018, okay. But the most recent one that Treyarch worked on was Cold War, which came out last year. Right, okay. So wait, Black Ops 4 is different from Cold War? Yep. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, not anymore because of Warzone. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's where like my brain like meshes everything. But okay, okay. Black Ops 4 came out in 2018. Call of Duty Cold War came out in 2020. Okay. Two separate games. Yeah. Yeah, so um uh I guess just to to follow up um this also comes from IGN. So Blizzard co-founder Mike Morhime, Morhame, Morhaime, Morhaime. To the women of Blizzard. Uh he is basically the ex CEO of Blizzard. He says um you know, I've read the full complaint against Activision Blizzard and many of the other stories. It's all very disturbing and difficult to read. I'm ashamed. It feels like everything I thought I stood for has been washed away. What's worse, but even more important, real people have been harmed and some women had terrible experiences. Um, he goes on to say that he wants to work with the women affected and just, you know, people like i guess all people affected to uh use his power and influence to you know push forward change which is good um it's one of those things like okay that's cool that you said that but uh you know well like does he have any active power in the organization or is he just a figurehead in which people can speak through that's the question i think it's more so the latter than the former yeah yeah Yeah. his whole statement just felt like he was you know covering his ass and trying to come out saying that he's a vanguard of of a healthy work culture which i mean the this is the opposite of it you know there's a lot of eyes in this statement a lot of personalization instead of speaking truth and like you know the speak your truth Mm -hmm. type narrative he was pushing that in his uh yeah in his write-up and i'm like dude shut up just just stop talking just accept the fact that you failed and yeah, yeah. 
Um, we'll see what type of repercussions occur with your investors who have a tremendous amount of power in terms of who is uh, in that organization's um, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably be out of a job. Well, uh, I don't know what I mean, he's doing right now. I don't think he works for Activision. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't oh, work okay. for that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because the current head of Blizzard is like, like, let's ignore the fact that they already went through the uh, Hong Kong shit over the last Remember that? And they didn't, yeah. they didn't even really handle that correctly. Not at all. Just kind of like, hey, we, we made a mistake. Let's move on. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, whatever. Move on. We all move on collectively. We all stop talking about it. We're all kind of guilty of allowing that to slide because they showed off Diablo 4. But mm. uh, what's really frustrating is like the. Okay, have you all seen the video of the World of Warcraft panel in which a female fan of World of Warcraft goes to the creative heads of the WoW team and says, hey man, I love your game, I'm a big fan. That being said, can we not have all your female characters look like they came out of a swimsuit model? Kind of yeah. Oh yeah. That, and the heads of Blizzard being like, yeah, whatever. And yada yada moved on. And it's like, that is the man who then gave us this statement. Right. Uh, I think that this this speaks huh. to what type of company Tencent is, because to believe that Tencent went forward with that multiple billion dollar purchase of Blizzard and Activision and had no clue such behavior was occurring, that's a false statement. Tencent is a very I'm I, I'm I'm very suspicious of that company and how they you know are fine I, I think they're i think they're somewhat fine with shit like this to be honest i mean well, they're a chinese company <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't think i don't think it's because they're a chinese company but i will say that tencent is a company with a suspicious track record of becoming more and more suspicious in terms of how they manage their properties so it's kind of like they'll come up again later on in our conversation i even wonder if it's just a like just an exchange of money where it's just they don't even they yeah. don't even care to look they have only five percent stake in activism Blizzard. they don't really have any creative control in that organization. okay they own a hundred percent of riot mm-hmm. yeah 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 oh we saw it happen riot yeah um all right well, well you know or anyone well as someone who plays riot games and had to pay attention to the community riot has done a from at least from the outside in, no one knows what the people who work at Riot, they've done a good enough job at addressing some of their major issues and okay. taking stock of that. Okay. Will Activision Blizzard do the same thing? I don't think so. Like, if Warzone still succeeds at the levels it's doing, and WoW still is trucking at the levels it's doing, there's going to be no onus on those companies outside of their public brand. Uh, but then, like, has Activision Blizzard ever given a shit about their public plan? This is a company that's run all their individual game studios into the ground into Call of Duty support studios. True. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. They focus on the money. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, we'll of course we'll be following this when things change and hopefully things get better but um until we then, always get one of our legal friends to come in and tell us what the fuck's going on with this lawsuit itself all the technical aspects of it you know what that, that, maybe that, doug that's a good doug idea. will have an opinion right <laughs> whenever he's not uh busy uh being a lawyer right <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said we are going to uh jump to our sponsors our sponsors us uh check out our youtube page because as i said earlier we have a loki ramble that we would love for you to watch and listen because it is great and we get into multiverse stuff fun 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 um yeah uh you know marcus do that thing Sponsor us, Marcus. <laughs> hey there, enjoying the episode? Want to hear more? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have subscribed, great. Spread the word. Tell everybody. To follow us on social media, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at PressX number two start, Twitter at PressX number two S, and YouTube now at PressX to start TV. And if you've done all of this already, well done. And we're back. Now it is time for the quick hits. 
Number one. Uh, so well, this comes from GameSpot, but um, EA had their EA Play Live, and they showed a number of games. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll actually just start with the order of games they showed. First up was Grid Legends. Um, Jordan, how how do you how do you feel about this? Thought was, I mean, FMV is just such a weird thing in video games, like having live action shit. Because last time EA did it was with uh, one of the old Need for Speeds. Even though, well, oh, yeah. actually like the re- Need for Speed reboot, but the most recent one, Need for Speed, had no FMV. And still was a pretty good production, you know, with mm-hmm. the 3D models and all that shit. But um, yeah, they want to they wanna bring back real actors. And I mean, I do think the characters that they're introducing are pretty fun. But it does go into an old grid because this is going to be the second time they've rebooted it. Mm-hmm. And the old grid had like this pretty cool rivalry system in it. So, hey, they want to knock yourself out EA. Let, let, let's see if this one will stick. Because like the uh, reboot back in 2018 or something like that was, was trash. Well, I mean, As a fan of the series. So, before you move on, this doesn't sound like EA trying to make this attempt. So, as it's just Codemasters, this was their original plan, and they happened to get bought by EA, who now has to put out this game. Oh. Yeah, so the beginning of this started with uh, Xavier Woods, who was hosting Austin Creed, Up, Up, Down, Down, uh, of the WWE. He pointed out that, hey, EA bought Codemasters, and then they listed a bunch of racing titles that EA got their hands on. And if the timeline of when this game, the announcement, and Codemasters, the, the buy, EA would have had no hand in the development of this game so much they would have just been obligated to put this game out because this mm-hmm. is what they're working on now currently i see but i'm excited for it i'll play any type of game if you give me a story mode uh <laughs> yeah and i racing games being announced out of that this is the only one that seems to be have a dedicated story mode so and it's got good actors that i actually like so well, i'm interested in it yeah, yeah. As a fan of the great series, we'll see if this can redeem the uh, most recent reboot back in twenty eighteen. We'll mm. see. Yeah, like for me, this was this was just interesting to watch because I was uh, I, I had one eye on it. I think I was doing something else at the time, and <laughs> it went from racing to like real people and i was like is this the same thing like what is this just a cutscene for the game like what is happening and then later on i went back and i rewatched the whole thing and i saw like they were actually talking about the tech that they use for this and i was like oh that's that's fucking cool yeah, the same tech from the mandalorian or some shit yeah yeah i didn't what's even super, know what's super funny is we were watching this in our group chat and i think at some point they said came out and said we're using the same tech from the mandalorian i don't know which one of you jamokes then went into the fucking chat and was like Huh, it looks like they're using the same tech from the Mandalorian. Like, you were just guessing <laughs> that's what they were doing. Ignore the fact that they said it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me because I didn't know at all. <laughs> but uh, the next game they showed was Knockout City Season 2. Uh, this was also a little confusing for me, too, because, again, I was like, what is going on? Is this, is this stage, like, changing? <laughs> I feel like I think we we talked about this one a little bit in the chat and said that this Knockout City needs product placement, just like how yes. um, it's right Fallout, for it. They can yeah. totally do it. Fall guys, Fall guys. And I don't know. I said Fallout boys. Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I feel like that's the step they need to take. Like this this whole in the movies thing is is cool, but doesn't really have the weight of like pulling a big franchise into this game and like doing a bunch of skins for it like you know yeah i played um knockout city all the way up until rank and then i just mm. got bored of it because well because fuckers got mad tough really good <laughs> you know and if you're not communicating with your partners you're gonna lose all the time but yeah, yeah i mean yeah. it needs a bit of a refresh it's it doesn't have the same pop as it did when it first came out yeah every you opinion. play knockout city a little bit no but okay. i've heard definitely about good things about it and i'm genuinely surprised especially after the last sort of small multiplayer indie game they ea put out which was that rocket arena that this mm-hmm. game still has the legs in it too mm-hmm. yeah knockout city is the gameplay is good it's just like that's it like there's not really much else other than that uh next up is apex season 10 emergence okay so i have a question yes is emergence just the name of the season 
Yes, because they stopped numbering the seasons. Gotcha. So like every season has a name, but as of season nine, which was Legacy, they stopped numbering the seasons. Gotcha. So so this is Apex Legends Emergence, and that's what you, that's the only way you can find. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because I was like, what is Emergence? Is this like a new mode? Like what's happening here? And then I just couldn't find that answer. Yeah. Thank you, Avery. You gave me the answer. Uh. So, oh, good. Yeah. So uh, I am a big Apex Legends fan. Mm-hmm. I still chuck away in that game. Uh, <laughs> my enjoyment of it has dwindled over the time as other games have come out and i've had less time to just mindlessly play ranked at gold level and just get my ass rail because i don't have teammates but uh the what we know from season 10 is that we are getting a refresh to the world's edge map which is just some map changes to that from what leaks have we've heard is that sorting factory is getting changed which is an interesting decision to do uh because sorting factory is probably one of the best sections of that map and I, I can't fathom why they're changing it. There are also uh, some news that maybe Train Yard, which is garbage and needs to be reworked, mm. is getting uh, reworked. And then maybe Refinery. So we'll see what those changes are. The trailer showed off a bunch of lava, which I'm not excited for. <laughs> <laughs> some of the worst sections of the map are, oh, I'm just going to walk on this lava and lose 10 health every second because Yikes. this is just all over the goddamn map. Yikes. Uh, we're also getting a new gun. The I believe it's called the Rampage, and it's an LMG. Uh, if you're a Rampart main, cool, the new LMG. I don't really care. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping it's a light LMG, and there's something an interesting gimmick to it. It's not garbage. I'm hoping it isn't like this season, uh, Legacy, where we got the bow check bow, and it started out as the most annoying weapon in the world because it was a bow and arrow that was hit scan that could hit you for like. 70 something if you if they hit you in the head which pretty much meant you can get three shot by this bow and you couldn't hear it because it was a bow nice. it was not fun until so i had to hard nerf that weapon <laughs> uh and then the the last big part of emergence is a brand new character named seer mm-hmm. who is uh a nigerian based legend who his passive ability is that when he's looking down his sights he can hear heartbeats so if you're a rainbow six fan that's sort of like pulse from that game mm. Then his tactical is the ability to send out little drones that will track an enemy. So, like, essentially, you use a heartbeat sensor to find the target, hit your tactical, track them, and then you'll get, like, real-time information on that enemy's movements. And then his ultimate is essentially creating a sphere around him that essentially gives him real-time data on the movements of all the enemies in the sphere. Uh, But if an enemy is not moving or slow, you get no data on that. Mm. He sounds like a recon legend, which means he'll instantly be meta. But unless Bloodhound gets hard nerfed in this patch, which I doubt he's going to, I'm sorry, I doubt they're going to, uh, Fear is not going to be a viable character because uh, he sounds just like a diet Bloodhound. Mm. It's cool that he in uh, he can track everyone in a 30-second basis, but like Bloodhound can do that and then move 25% faster <laughs> oh. and then like do it at a much lo- and then when he takes down the target, his ult last longer like one house is broken he's officially broken and he's been broken for so long and, and he needed a nerf for the longest time and i'm hoping we get a nerf season 10 my apex reign is done let's move on <laughs> uh well before we jump i as wanted to say shout out to um epic for i'm gonna guess they pulled the people who made the zima blue episode from love sex and robots respawn. not epic respawn respawn yeah respawn respawn yeah. right 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 yeah. yeah and it's confirmed they pulled those people okay yeah 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 Yeah. so yeah that that's that's the first thing i noticed when they showed his reveal trail i was like this is the same art style from that one uh love sex and robot thing or love death and robots two episodes yeah so that's pretty cool good 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 on them uh the next game they showed was lost in random uh i don't really have much to say about this i don't see myself getting this game i think it looks nice i'm just not in love with the actual art style the aesthetic i i think it just doesn't look good to me uh they showed a lot of gameplay and if you are interested in that it looks like it'll be a good game for you i'm fine with it i like the timber nest art style okay in the world there are a bunch of like artistic art styles i just don't find appealing this mm-hmm. wasn't one of them okay okay uh jordan anything else to say about this no i don't think i saw this game okay. skipped it <laughs> next up they showed battlefield 2042 Jordan, how do you feel about this, what they showed? A beautiful abomination, <laughs> this new game mode is. When I saw those fuckers put the grenade with the smiley face pin, oh, yeah. how, how dare you? 
How dare you? How long have we been asking for a Battlefield Bad Company 3 where you're like, you know what? Put in a game mode. Put in a little... This is their workaround for the amount of time needed to make a new map. That's what I thought for this. Because like, they said it's going to take about six months for them to have new maps in this game. Almost like half a year. Six, mm. six months plus. So in lieu of that, they are going to have this user-generated system to, you know, keep us fed until then with all these crazy-ass modes. Now, does it look fun? It does look pretty fun. I'll give them that. And the, and the maps they are bringing in are bangers if you're a Battlefield fan. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, this is this is their stopgap. And, you know, give uh, DICE the time they need to make some pretty quality maps in the future. You know? Yeah. We'll fucking see. You know, I'm not Nazis versus Fallout Four soldiers. That sounds fun. <laughs> I really liked what they showed. Um, as a person who does not play Battlefield, um, I thought the knives versus defibs was a really cool idea. And apparently, that was something that they had like a while ago or something like that. But yeah, like that whole thing where people can create custom game matches and they actually look fun to be a part of was just another pin for me. Like, oh, okay, I really think I might enjoy this uh, Battlefield game. So, good on him. I mean, I wonder how much of an advantage those who use computers to make these maps compared to those using them, like using the map generator inside the application itself Uh, on their consoles. Yeah. Because I think it may be more accessible for those using their computer desktops Hmm. to make these um, new maps than, you know, like the um, uh, those using their video game consoles. Right. So, we'll see. Every. Well, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no, I'm not going to touch Battlefield 24 too because it had the same player mode. Oh, so, true, yeah. true. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Okay. <laughs> and then last up, they showed the Dead Space teaser remake. Uh, teaser for the remake. Reboot, or... Remake, remaster. We don't know. Yeah, it's just, just Dead Space. Dead Space. It's, a remake. it's it's from what we can tell, it seems to be a remake in the vein of RE remake. Okay. It's like, okay. This, is just, this is not a remaster. This is not just upcycling it. This is them rebuilding the game up with new assets, new everything, and rejiggering part of the story that may or may not have worked. Uh, this was probably the coolest part of the press conference. However, it was ruined by the fact that we all knew it was coming. So it was like, there was absolutely no surprise for it to happen. Yeah. So like, that's up. We're rumors. That, that being said, I'm, I'm super excited. Dead Space, especially Dead Space 2, is probably my favorite horror franchise in the video game period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Space 2 is my favorite version of that. I like Dead Space 1. I have a lot of problems with Dead Space 1, and I'm hoping mm. that in this reboot, retooling, that they can fix some of the uh, story problems that they had between games and bring a lot of the mechanical combat stuff they had from 2 into 1 while maintaining the horror aspects of 1. Gotcha. Well, it'll be uh, you and Sean playing that game because I'm not playing <laughs> that game with my... And Marcus. And Mar- oh, Marcus, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's funny, I have all three Dead Spaces I got via um, Gold. Yeah. As well as Gold over time. Oh, haven't yeah. touched either one. But oh, I yeah. do want to play them, though. Cool. I do want to play it. Cool. That, that's great. That is four people. That's all we needed. Awesome. <laughs> well, one, one is incredibly horrifying. Like, mm-hmm. that is, like, they took all the Bolsco as an evil playbook and made that game. It's not like, oh, man, fuck me. I hate this. <laughs> Dead Space 2 is literally like, okay, you want me to deal with this horror world? Give me the ammunition to deal with this horror world. Mm-hmm. And that's Dead Space 2. Dead Space 3 is, I right, fuck it. It's barely a horror game. This is RE5. It's a co-op experience. You have fun with, with actual guns now instead of like cool tools and shit. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, that was pretty much it for the EA Play. I wanted to give a big shout out to Austin Creed, who um, hosted that. He did an amazing job. And I okay. want him to host everything now. Like everything. Dude, being a wrestler, man, he's born to act. I oh, tell yeah. you what, oh, yeah. like, oh, I, yeah. I just wanted him to just DDT someone. He's like, okay, thank you for coming in. <laughs> Boom. That'd like, be great. I, like, even even the the cringy points, like, he handled it so well that it was actually funny for me. And it was just like, man, like, true showman. This is this. You know what? Thank you, COVID, for putting us in a position <laughs> where we had Austin Creed just realize his truest potential as a host <laughs> like uh but you know no thank you COVID, for killing all those people but you know all right number two because there's no way to segue off of that this comes from game rant 
a popular Twitch streamer turns Pokemon Unite into a pay-to-win game. So we'll just cover this very quickly. So basically this, what is his name? What the? F- Moist, Moist Critical. Yeah, okay. Well, th- that, um, this guy, he basically figured out that he can just buy a bunch of stuff with his uh, monies and essentially just boost up his Pokemon that he was using to play the game. And he was able to essentially pay to win in this game. Um, it's not, it's kind of OP. It's not, that's not a new concept though when it comes it's, to games it's, like this. It's not, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where this is a Nintendo or is it a Pokemon property. So it's kind of weird that they just didn't see this, but it's also not surprising because they probably just didn't think of it because they're definitely thinking of their games as kids games. And this is just a general problem when it comes to Pokemon games. Like they are, they need to take the next step. And they kind of did it with Sun and Shield or Sword and Shield, but it's they still need to climb that ladder. But yeah, uh, I don't really got anything else really to say about this other than I. No, they Nintendo just needs to be cognizant of their the free to play nature of this game yeah. in, in regards to its balance because you can't do this in League of Legends. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty. I, I, I also, I'm not really a fan of the streamer guy. I don't know him. I don't know his last name. I don't know his <laughs> first name. But just watching the video, he definitely was the. You, you don't like his demeanor, his cadence. Yes, he yes. Talks. He is the the kind of white person that I don't really jive with. But yeah, uh, number three. This comes from Kotaku. Google celebrates the Olympics. Ah, fuck the Olympics with an entire RPG. Friday, July 23rd morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here, okay, Friday morning. Oh, I, I, that was me. Yeah. That was me. If you open a new Chrome browser or new Chrome page and begin a search, you can click on a pixel art icon that starts the Olympic theme JRPG. JRPG, nice. Complete with anime sequence by Studio 4 Celsius. I'm going to say it's 4C. Uh, play yeah, right in your browser. Um, I heard a little bit about this, and apparently it actually saves progress or something like that. So what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, wow. I want to say it was that, and if it is, I that's awesome. That's awesome. It's logged into your. If you have a Google account, it's logged into your Google account. But theoretically, it could save anything you did to it to that Google account. Makes sense. That's Makes amazing. sense. It would be hilarious if that save file was big enough to have you need to update your Google Drive to the higher account. <laughs> uh, it would have been awesome if this was also on Stadia. But let's move on. You make a fantastic point there. Number four, this comes from Windows Central. Amazon's new world is brutally bricking uh, RTX 3090 graphics cards. Uh, that is unfortunate. So, reports on the New World subreddit indicate that they are trying to launch New World while using the graphics card. And it will sometimes cause it to completely fry, forcing those impacted to contact manufacturers for refunds or replacements. That they won't be getting for the next five to six months. That is fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, number five. This comes from GameIndustry.biz. Ten cent to buy Crackdown and Sackboy developer Sumo in a 1.3 billion dollar deal that's wild uh i didn't know sumo was as big as a development team as it was in terms of like number of people the number of people number of studios uh, oh yeah some other publisher all, all, all I've, yeah all i've heard is sumo digital and yeah that was because they made the fly cooper game and i'm like oh i love this team and then they didn't make any more fly games that was big sash but when i looked this up and saw there was like 10 different individuals like under just the sumo banner and then there's other studios next to them. i'm like wow this this 1.3 so it makes sense now jesus uh yeah I'd, i had no idea either uh tencent already owns 8.75 stake in the uk game developer um if agreed sumo will be the latest public uk games mm. company to be bought for one over one billion dollars following ea's acquisition of f1 developer codemasters earlier this year uh yeah that's crazy um tencent is just buying everything up man <laughs> like, yeah I, I don't know i guess we'll see their master plan sometime in 2050 2025 i don't know uh, yeah take over the gaming industry 
this is just a rough rundown of what Tencent has stock in right now, just in gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a Canadian company called Kia Entertainment, which they own the majority of, minority stake in Bohemian Interactive, which is a Chetsian uh, organization, Supercell in Finland for 84%. They own 3.8% of Remedy, uh, 22.53% of Dotnod, uh, 5% of Ubisoft, uh, a minority stake in Voodoo, uh, which is a French studio, a majority stake in Jaeger Development, which is Germany, a Hong Kong uh, development team called Liu for 100%, uh, two Japanese studios, Marvelous and Poppy Gem for over 20% each. They own some stake in Platinum. They don't tell you how much, but they own some of the Platinum games. Mm. Uh, a New Zealand organization called Grinding Gear Games, 80%. Uh, Norway, 100% Funcorn. It goes on, it goes on. Netmarble, 17%, which is a mobile game studio. Paradox Interactive, which is 5%, which is Swedish. Uh, Sumo, they just got Sumo now. Uh, Riot, 100% of Riot. Epic, 40% of Epic. 5% of Activision Blizzard. They own some of Discord and some of the uh, uh, Roblox Corporation. Hmm. That's just in gaming investments. That's crazy. Ah, oh, jeez. Hey, I mean, that's a good way to pull money in, right? If you just throw your dick everywhere, you're bound to have some kids. Anyways, um, yeah, so number six, this comes from IGN. Netflix will focus on mobile games first, won't charge an additional fee. Interesting. Netflix also revealed that in its early stages, the company will be focusing on mobile games. Yes, yes, yes. According to Netflix, the streaming company says it views gaming as another new content category for us, similar to our expansion into original films, animation, and unscripted TV. Netflix also added that when games do launch on the platform, it will be included in members' Netflix subscription at no additional cost, similar to films and series. Uh, that's, that's cool. I, what, what are these games going to be? Um, Mobile games. It's Apple Arcade. Yeah. That's, that's going to be weird, but okay. I mean, I, I don't see how it could feasibly work in the same way the Apple Arcade does. The Apple Arcade is usually tied to a device that fucking has uh, memory that you can, like, store data on. Yeah. While, like, Netflix is a streaming service that can be streamed from my TV, which has no external memory attached to it. So, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. And they don't want to do streaming, so. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is going to be... I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I could see it be a thing where their games, their games, in quotation marks, are, like, really, really light footprint games, like a Flappy Bird kind of thing, or, like, Fruit Ninja kind of thing. Or... If they're smart, you could play their games while you're watching their shows. That would be... The, or, like, uh, the, the, the PlayLink thing for PlayStation, where they had the, the mobile... Is it PlayLink? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. But like, but feasibly, like, if I'm watching a Netflix show, I could be doing X dumb game in the background. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, last quick hit for the day. This comes from IGN. Uh, District Nine developer Neil Blomkamp is working on a AAA multiplayer shooter. Blomkamp won't be drawn into saying more about the game, and makes it clear that it does not have any overt connection with any of his movie work. Although he does allude to a possible setting. Hmm. It's going to be into an internment camp. Awesome. Uh, Blancamp says, I think the idea of near future science fiction is something that is really interesting conceptually as well as from a visual and design point of view. That's my favorite zone to be inside of. Hmm. Um, phrasing? I just want to know if I will have a chappy skin. <laughs> Of course, like uh, multiplayer shooter. I feel like cool. I guess I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, multiplayer shooter sounds less interesting than what George R. R. Martin's doing with uh, Elden Ring. Yeah. That yeah. being said, if you're telling me that Neil, you're giving Neil Blomkamp carte blanche to quote unquote make your uh, your your world and create your bible for what your world exists in, that's pretty cool. Because like we can make jokes about Chappie all you want, but like. He's probably one of my favorite. I wasn't joking. I was dead serious. Okay, I couldn't. I I couldn't read the uh, emotion of that statement, so I just I, I just made an assumption. I want to have a chappy skin. Chappy was great. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite science fiction directors out there currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you haven't seen some of the uh, low budget stuff he's done with his own studio, then you're sort of missing out. 
because that's some of the most wild sci-fi oh, I've ever seen in a long time. Yo, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. This shit's gonna be wild. Oh my gosh, the um, it, the minute you say that, the first thing that popped in my mind was the um, the 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 monster one that was in the the, the like in the forest. The Vietnam? The Vietnam Yeah. One. The Vietnam one. Yeah. yeah. That is one of the most wild. I've never been so angry than never that not being a full movie in my entire yeah. life in that sort. Oh my God. Oh, I am. I That just went, I just went from like a, a three to like a, a, a fucking 23. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. All right. All right. I'll, you know, I look forward to see what that turns out to be. Uh, okay. So with that being said, we are going to wrap this podcast up with a quick what we have been playing. So Jordan, what have you been playing? Just finished up Psychonauts 1. Oh, and right. man, platformers can get pretty sweaty in the past. I mean, like the last <laughs> last third of it when they really, you know, it'd be really incredibly precise of your character mm-hmm. and balance and shit like that and you know, like a little bit of jank was in there, so like there was some unforgivable situations where it like knock you back your progress and shit like that. Yeah, that was tough. But it, you know, it, it was overall it was a fairly enjoyable experience. And as I see more previews of Psychonauts two, and noticing so many people who haven't played Psychonauts one, mm-hmm. now I'm just happy to have a bit of a baseline in terms of expectation. Right. But in terms of its storyline. It does seem very much so removed from the events of Psychonauts One, especially okay. how it ended too. Okay. But yeah, it was it was a fun game. There are at least two games between Psychonauts One and Two that might be give you some information on what's going on with the differences. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they released a VR game. I'm pretty sure they released a small indie chapter after the fact. Interesting. I know the VR game is for PlayStation VR. I, I'm probably can get it off other platforms. Yeah. Okay. Now, what else? What else have you been uh, doing, Jordan? I'm playing Bloodroot. Just finished that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was uh, probably took me a couple nights, and it was fun. It was it was a tongue in cheek style comedy, um, but a very dark story too. Yeah, like a, like okay. a lot of a lot of murder portrayal. But the, the the characters, though, you know, it was kind of like that Banjo Kazooie type, meh, meh, no, you know, run type thing. <laughs> Reading the text was it was it was it was a pretty 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 fun um, story text, oh, and um, you know they they at the last moment they do kind of let you let loose, you know, in terms of all uh, all of what you've learned yeah. over the course of the game, and they finally reward you with like a pretty elaborate final sequence oh wow that um was was fairly satisfying so i'm interested um i think the developer was paper paper cut something i forgot Mm -hmm. but um i'm interested in seeing what else they make in the future Mm. also i um purchased death's door got that for the xbox series x because it's not on game pass no it's not on game pass it's not on game pass it was um i I decided to redeem my microsoft points to bring it down to ten dollars Oh, and okay. I, I said that it was for those for people that don't fuck with Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it reminds me a lot of those games, at least based on what I've watched of them. Mm-hmm. Um, these sort of like you know let's plays and stuff. But yeah, finding shortcuts, um, you know, like you, you have a certain amount of life. Uh, each is it stage. more of a Zelda like than a Dark Souls? It's more like a Zelda. It's just more like... Okay, okay. I'm playing uh, Death's Door as well right now, yeah. and it is very much just a Zelda on hard mode. Okay, okay. Because I don't consider Souls games, quote-unquote, difficult, difficult. So, like, I don't really ascribe that moniker onto it. That being said, the only mechanic that's vaguely Souls-like is that the, oh, there are two ways you can regain health. You can return to the overworld, or you can exchange see that you can find on the ground at certain pots to get health and that's vaguely bonfire-esque did you but say like it's seeds? not really corollary yeah like you find seeds on the ground and then every once in a while you'll find just a pot of dirt and you can plant the seed in the ground and cause the the seed to bloom into a plant that you can use to restore your life gotcha, gotcha. continue jordan well yeah i think about like um i'm not too far into it okay. like basically you have three bosses you have to take care of and like you're kind of like this death dealer essentially as a crow mm. and you must collect souls as a type of currency mm. so there's like these 
three major souls you have to capture, but you find out that there's like this void, um, like this death void that this one older crow is trying to unlock and you're kind of caught up in their bullshit. But so far I am enjoying it. It's beautiful, you know, like kind of sounds um, like Loki to me. If I'm gonna be honest, maybe we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, upgrading your your um, attributes, you know, via your striking capability, um, just pickups in terms of melee weapons. Mm-hmm. So as it continues, it doesn't seem like a super long game, but I am interested to see how the story unravels. Okay. And finally, I've been playing UFC four. I don't do sports games too much, but I had a bit of a, a sports game, you know tinge right now i'm getting into golf games getting into the nhl games oh. but ufc4 is hilarious in terms of how gruesome your knockouts can be <laughs> kicks to the face but one of the more fun aspects of ufc i love of this game is a career mode mm-hmm. and you set yourself a certain amount of weeks for your next fight and during that time you can focus on sparring you can focus on social media it doesn't matter how good i do Fuckers still talk shit about my character, and I say this shit personally. They're like, "Oh, my character's name is um is uh, Gina and Anderson, mm-hmm. and her style is kickboxing." Okay. So she already has a base value in striking, in um, in takedowns, and and uh, kicks. So like you know, but if you if you were to do judo, if you do jujitsu, you'd have um you know like sure. mid level striking and dodging oh, okay, and stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. But during your weeks, you have to determine how your time is allocated. So if you allocate too much time in social media, your fitness will go down. Mm. You focus too much time on sparring, your notoriety goes down. Mm. You lose sponsorships. Interesting. So it gets very addicting at one point, but sometimes you have to turn down some fights. Because <laughs> you can go against like a, like a, like a Amanda Nunes, I think it's okay, um, yeah, like yeah. one of the top people right now, who's, who's in this version of it. She will fuck you up quick. <laughs> you know, I had to restart a couple times because, like, you know, like there, there's just some characters that have certain certain moves and certain skills mm-hmm. that you can't block. You don't. You like you're not strong enough. You cannot defend against right, them. Right, right, right. And you can get hurt so bad. You can like you know get like a long term injury and shit like that. Like you know, give you shell shock. Can you? It, like you can't. You, know, you can't like break a bone or anything, right? Oh, you can totally fuck up a bone. That take you off for weeks upon weeks on end. You know, you lose sponsorships. Some of them can be. I Do mean, they show it in game. It's gross. Yeah, it, it is gross. Like yeah. you, you can see the you, you can see your your leg. If your leg defense isn't good, you'll see your legs like contort in the wrong direction, and that can be a long term injury, which requires a lot of money because you do get in game funds. Yikes. But instead of going into sponsorships. In other deals, it have to go into, um, you know, you remedying your your injuries. But it's fun. I'm actually literally about to go into the title fight right now, and yeah, whoever like uh, the the person I'm going against is is the is the number one ranked, and we'll see if I if, we'll see if some girl survives. I mean, I'm gonna be in the corner like you got it, girl, but <laughs> just just remember to block, just block, <laughs> block and dodge. Have you, have you seen Million Dollar Baby? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that in a minute. But that's what I've been playing. All right, all right, Avery, what you been playing other than Death Door? Uh, uh, pretty much just Death Door. Okay. I think I have the exact opposite uh, opinion of Jordan. I'm, I, I don't think I've been as bored as I've been in the game in a long oh, time. Oh wow! Uh, I think, I think the game is mechanically fine. I think the story and presentation is fine. I just find the experience of playing this game incredibly boring. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think it's probably just the type of game it is. Oh, uh, like, okay, okay. When Jordan's talking about the story, it's not a very involved story. Like, they're not loads of characters with intense backstories and, and like, uh, vocalized dialogue. It's, like, every maybe 10 minutes or so, you'll find an NPC who will give you a line or two of dialogue to just give context to what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. And so I don't find the story that involved or interesting. Okay. And so I'm just in autopilot right now. I'm 27% done with the story. I've already beaten one of the uh, essentially large soul that you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm in the current place of debating whether I continue this game as it is now or I go back and get my uh, Bloodborne Platinum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm also playing on PC. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, the story is better on console. Hmm. 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 
No? Okay. Uh, so things I've been playing. So I dabbled into the Witcher mobile game. <laughs> because I was like, huh, let me, let me check this thing out. It's basically Pokemon Go, but instead of Pokemon, you got monsters. Instead of Pokeball, you got a sword and you just, you just cut them things up. Um, I did a tutorial and it was like very much so an outside game. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm going outside. So I did a tutorial, finished the tutorial, and I haven't been on that game since. Uh, the other game I've been playing is Genshin Impact. Now, I mentioned this uh, like either last, last week or the week before that... I'm going to jump into Genshin Impact just because they have this new update and it's fun, fun, fun. You know, it's something to do. Uh, I've been playing it now a bit more regularly. And then uh, they just dropped the news that Aloy is actually coming to the game. And I'm just like, I mean, I was planning on sticking around, but now I'm going to build me a little base camp and really be here. So uh, Aloy is going to be coming. Well, Aloy and her weapon is coming separate. So the weapon's coming September 1st. Then again, November 24th or something like that. And then Aloy's, I think, might be coming soon after the bow. Anyways, she's going to be a cryo user, which has no bearing on anyone who doesn't play the game, but it's actually pretty cool. She's also going to be, because she has a bow, she's going to be a ranged person, which is also great because they need more ranged people. And she's going to be free, which is really great because this is a free-to-play game and the gotcha system is centered around weapons and characters. So to get a free character is awesome. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much been it. Other than, you know, Gundam, of course, because Gundam is Gundam and I am Gundam. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what we have been playing. Um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed making it, although the first half was a little dark and depressing. Uh, with that being said, uh, if you missed any of this, you can find all details and more on our website at pressxnumber2start.com. Uh, remember, you can catch all of our audio stuff on, you know, podcast services of your choice. And the videos, of course, is on our YouTube channel. Make sure you go there, like, and subscribe. And until next time, we hope you have a fantabulous day and be good to people around you. Don't be shitty. Peace. Peace.